This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. In this week's episode, we're going to break down exactly what's going on with Coinbase and the SEC. We're also going to talk about a little bit of news close to home here in Australia with Commonwealth Bank and their crackdown with some crypto companies as well. My name's Tracy and here with me is Blake and Craig. Hey guys, how are you going? Very well, Tracy. How are you? Yeah, good. Hey, Craig. G'day. Another boring week. <laughs> Another boring week. Yeah, look, there's always so much news to go on with. And look, listeners, we look for the weekly crypto news and we like to give you the most talked about and important news stories that week and then follow it up with some short, sharp news bites that are also interesting and we think relevant to crypto news and Web3 as well, Craig. Yeah, so last week, oh, sorry, last year rather, after the FTX collapse, we said that 2023 would probably be dominated by regulation and this has exceeded my expectation every week i've just been rolling my eyes i feel like since january about regulation but your favorite topic yeah my my least favorite topic but we did not think it would be this full-on as what we're seeing in the u.s right now it's really pretty insane stuff and as much as i complain about it every week it's so important to our industry so we do need to keep up to date with where we see the next web3 hubs where will they be yeah and that said we really want to try and break down each week what is going on at a top level um, and what aspects we need to chat about. And if there's some really decent articles and YouTube clips that we like, then what we'll do is we'll link those in the show notes below. We'll put them in the Crypto Curious Facebook page because we know some people want to go a bit deeper. But what we'll do is we'll just give you a top layer here because... It is, it is something that you do need to keep up with, but we won't go too deep. But we want to start off uh, today's episode with some news that broke literally, boys, just after we recorded last week, Blake. Mm, that's right. So crypto remains under attack from the SEC and not long after... Um 
Binance was in trouble last week, and we heard that they got served by the SEC. Uh, the SEC also came after um, the US crypto exchange Coinbase that we all um, we all know and love. Uh, and this is what the the SEC is saying. So Coinbase has been operating a non registered securities exchange, and and this is a big deal. That means that you know their whole business um, really can't operate uh, if the assets that the SEC is alleging are securities, then it really uh, butchers their business model. They've been um, acting also allegedly as an unregistered broker. So a broker helps investors by selling um, and buying securities, but it could also be um, non-securities. Brokers can also be for uh, for other assets. Um, So they're alleging that they're unregistered to do those activities, even though, as I understand it, Coinbase own a subsidiary that they acquired, which is a broker's license. They just haven't been able to get information from the SEC about how to register to actually use that license. Um, They've been uh, somewhat stonewalled there. Thirdly, Coinbase is an unregistered clearing agency. So similar to brokers, clearing agents are involved in the process of um, exchanging securities, so settling securities between different groups. Finally, um, the last item that uh, the SEC says is that Coinbase didn't uh, register for the sale of their staking program um, with the SEC, even though um, as part of the process of them becoming a public listed company on the NASDAQ, um, it, this kind of component of their business was reviewed. Uh, and the SEC has previously targeted uh, Kraken um, for these staking services in which they copped a, a fine. Um, so, yeah, those are the co- four key things that uh, the SEC has come after Coinbase for. Is there anyone, knowing that they've got, they went to Kraken first with the staking and now they've gone, is there anyone else that they might go after for staking in the US? Uh, I would assume there'd be many other exchanges that offered those services as they did here in Australia, yes. Yeah, and the SEC also claims that Coinbase have been breaking the rules since 2019, which is pretty crazy because SEC is the same agency that approved Coinbase to go public when all of these securities that they're complaining about were already tradable. Um, so it's a, it's a complete schmozzle. And also to, to muddy the waters even more, the US government has actually been using Coinbase to sell confiscated Bitcoin and will continue to do that throughout the year. You know, I guess what was really telling was the difference in reaction of the Coinbase team versus the Binance team. So... Binance was very combative, um, sharing, don't believe FUD. CZ was very like, not stoic. He was very like resharing just people that were backing up. Whereas Coinbase shared a really cool video snippet. Like the marketer in me loved it. We'll share it in the show notes below, but it pretty much just stated the amount of times Coinbase have tried to get clarity from the SEC, all the countries that have been providing clarity. Um, So I guess we're just going to have to watch this space, but on top of this, there is a task force to support the SEC's initiative um, and Coinbase has 28 days to respond to this, Trace. Mm. So after this news last week, we'll talk about how the markets reacted. The Coinbase stock, uh, as you can imagine, opened trading uh, that day 20% down, but slightly recovered to close 12% down that day. Bitcoin did slightly dip on the news, um, uh, bounced back to recover the 5% that it fell down, and Ethereum um, ended up jumping 4% up that day. But since then, however, we did have another pullback over the weekend, which saw many of those altcoins named as securities that we mentioned in last week's episode. There 
there was 12 of them, um, in fact. Uh, many of those dropped between 12 and 30% over the weekend, a lot of them still staying down there. And if we look at the week on the whole and Bitcoin right now, uh, still sitting uh, neutral at the moment, uh, around 26K, Ethereum's down 4% um, in the last seven days, sitting at uh, 1,740. So, yeah, it's been an interesting, interesting week on the markets. Yeah, it felt like, I think it was Saturday during the day here, it felt like everything sold off at once. It was mm. crazy. Everything was like 20% down straight away. Hadn't seen that for a while, had we? Haven't seen it, nah. And um, you normally see it in bull markets, actually. You don't see it sort of around this time. But um, the narrative now that's sort of popping up is what are these US exchanges going to do that are listed some of these quote-unquote securities? So Robinhood's the first one to come out. They're saying that they will force liquidate any one of their customers that holds Solana, Cardano, or Polygon. Just um, just to pretense this, Craig, um, the SEC has come out and named, um, I think, a total of 64 assets. Um, they've said that you're uh, a certain number of the Coinbase assets and a certain number of the Binance assets that they have listed on their platform are all securities. Um, and as a result, other players in the industry are now taking that as a bit of a warning to delist and stop trading of the those tokens on their platform which is insane so like we could see in the, over the next few months that these big exchanges like robin hood have already announced it um gemini I kind of forget who else is left in the us are gonna have to yeah cause massive sell-offs of these tokens so it's safe to say that the us is succeeding in blocking crypto they're targeting businesses and banking partners until they leave the market just so far this year we've seen Binance, Coinbase, Kraken gets sued by the SEC. Crypto's three biggest banking partners, Silvergate Signature, Silicon Valley Bank gets shut down. And we've also seen Paxos, which is the third largest stablecoin in the world, get sued and forced to stop issuing its stablecoin. So Operation Chokehold is succeeding. It is, absolutely, yeah. You know, with, with that being said, though, let's look at what happens if crypto does get banned in the US. What does that actually mean? Well, I don't think, uh, sorry, Tracy, I don't think there's really political will for, to ban crypto, but what seems to be happening as a result of that, you know, those that are adverse to the, the, the vision of cryptocurrency are using other strategies to reduce its impact on the broader economy, like choking, for example, the payment rails on and off uh, and, and stopping people from buying these things. So really, it's not, instead of it going through Congress, where, you know, Congress should decide on whether or not these things uh, should be used by the, the populace of the, of the US. Um, it's being done through government agencies without, you know, really congressional oversight. And they're, they're taking decisive action here through this, this strategy. Mm. And Craig, we've spoken about other places like the European Union, you know, that are working towards positive crypto regulation. Yeah, totally. So there's probably two ways of looking at it. The first way is these countries like the UK, um, are becoming really bullish on the Web3 space and A16Z have actually announced that they're going to be heading over there to launch their European arm. And the second thing is sort of the geopolitical hat on, the Russia, the Russia and China versus America sort of narrative is um, Russia has said they're going to allow some more crypto assets being traded. Hong Kong has accepted it and CZ is on about China being more bullish on Bitcoin. 
Did you see this? I put this here where um, the Hong Kong legislator, good old Johnny, put some love out there yeah. on Twitter for Brian Armstrong and said, you know, the invitation's out there, you know, come to come to Hong Kong, we'd love to have you. So I thought I thought that was pretty pretty cool. So like it's so crazy. Like how's this going to end up? Like Coinbase could actually be listed on the Nasdaq and then relocate to Hong Kong. Like surely the US won't let that happen. Yeah, well they could re- they could relist on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Um yeah, that's that's certainly possible delist from the Nasdaq and and list there. Um, but you know what I find really interesting is that Brian Armstrong's response to this was we were talking about you know he's tried to meet with Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC, uh, on many occasions, and um, he won't take a meeting with him. And and Brian said that he's been able to meet with you know the heads of agencies and even the heads of states in other countries that they're operating in, and it's never a big deal. So it seems like this has been a conceded effort since the beginning of his appointment. Um, and you know there are back channel. Um, you know, whispers of there being um, factions within the Biden administration that where you know, have uh, have strong support from the banking sector in order to um, you know, administer this operation, Tro called two point mm. And look, Blake, you sent me that really awesome um, interview via uh, it was on YouTube with the Wall Street Journal and Brian Armstrong this week, and we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Um, that was an awesome interview, so uh, look out for that one. And like you said, crypto doesn't need to be. Um, you know, regulated or approved in the US. That's the whole point of it. It's a it's built as an alternative financial system. So it doesn't need a centralized government to thrive. But look, let's round out that story and move on to some more news that fits into the crypto exchange and US narrative. Announced just today, crypto.com are suspending their US institutional exchange. They will not no longer be serving institutional clients as soon as June 21st. So this really does speak to the fact that we've just covered off around innovation going overseas. Yeah, that's right, Trace. So they're closing their door on US institutions and they also applied for a license to offer the same services in Singapore, which a few Aussie businesses are actually trying their trying their hand at Singapore. So a much friendly, friendlier playing ground for the crypto native right now. But Trace, I just want to talk about how you think the crypto exchange in the US being cut off. As we've seen after this big crash, the big rebound has actually been Uniswap. So um, if you can assume that the centralized exchanges are cut off, then maybe these decentralized ones. Well, I think, what did we say? It's 44, 444% surge in DeFi volumes after the uh, Binance and Coinbase lawsuit in the last seven days. So that <laughs> that's pretty pretty large and speaks volumes just there. If you're Uniswap, you're, yeah, mm. you're excited right mm. now. Mm. Yeah, and just on that news for crypto.com, uh, I know that the Miami Heat lost their stadium, which was FTX sponsored, but apparently the naming rights for downtown LA stadium will stay uh, the crypto.com stadium and that's home to the LA Lakers, the Clippers, the Kings and the Sparks. So congratulations to crypto.com. Let's move on to our next story here at home in Australia. Australia's largest bank, the Commonwealth Bank, will temporarily cease certain payments to crypto exchanges. The CBA's move is a significant turnaround for the bank as it was planning to enable crypto trading on its banking app that was supposedly later this year, Blake. That's right, Tracy. The CBA announced a temporary decline 
of certain payments to cryptocurrency exchanges as part of a newly introduced measure to battle scams in the country. Now, according to an official release by the Commonwealth Bank of Australia, um, they will decline or hold crypto payments for 24 hours or more. And as part of scam risk measures, the bank will also place a $10,000 AUD 6500 USD limit on payments made to exchanges in coming months. Now, yeah, we were speaking about this today, Tracy, and uh, obviously there are a lot of scams in crypto, but I think it's also important to note that there are also a lot of scams with credit cards. And just because there's scams with credit cards, it doesn't mean that they ban credit cards, but they do put limits on credit cards to limit the risk because there is a large administrative risk. Um, and there's a financial risk for the banks. And after, you know, they've obviously done a cost benefit analysis here to figure out, Hey, you know, this is costing us too much money. This is how we, we minimize those risks. So, you know, some, a lot of people are hating on CBA and I can understand that. Um, but, um, transactions of $10,000 at a time, which means you could. You know, potentially do you know, $300,000 a month if you do a transaction every day is going to cover most people. Uh, obviously, yeah, it's going to cover 99% of people, I would suggest. Um, it is obviously a massive inconvenience, but, um, you know, that's just, that's just the way the cookie crumbles, I think. So, but is, is it the start of more stringent policies to come? Do you think? It's quite possible, of course. You know, at, at a later date, they could um, they could further reduce um, their risk by maybe minimising their 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 threshold limit from ten thousand dollars to five thousand dollars. But you know, this doesn't seem like this feels a little bit different than Operation Chokehold. Mm, you know, it does. in the U in the US, the banks were put out of business that were supporting the crypto industry um, and completely completely cut out. Um, they were debanking. Um, every, every, every company, um, in, in the crypto industry. But here, it looks like this is a risk mitigation strategy. Mm, okay. Yeah. Look, there was a, a bit of, uh, talk in, in, uh, Twitter land and, um, on LinkedIn throughout, uh, the different exchanges in, in Australia here who had a lot of thoughts on, on this. But again, um, fraud is, is a big factor, you know, especially in, in the banking system and as we know in, in crypto land. So, well, even then, I didn't know it was 10 grand per payment. That sounds way better. Like, I thought it was 10 grand a month per person. But I mean, the payment limit will cover everyone. So, I don't, I think this could be. A nothing burger, really. Mm. Saying that, you know, there are going to be other options of potentially using an over-the-counter trading desk who may have special relationships with the bank in order to get larger sums in. <laughs> now, for example, if you're wanting to you know, buy hundreds of thousands of dollars of crypto, um, you could go through, you know, an OTC desk as opposed to just doing, you know, a direct debit or, or a pay ID to one of the exchanges. And all the exchanges do have OTC desks, so they might be able to have some concerns session um, f yeah, under certain circumstances. There you go. I think we'll, um, we'll leave that story there, folks. Time for take a break. And when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast, and we're on this week to our short, sharp news bites. I'm going to go first so Craig can't steal all the good ones, as he does. Up first... This one, NFTs maybe not doing so well at the moment, but this one's had everyone talking this week. Louis Vuitton is launching an NFT collection. This isn't the first time they've jumped into NFTs. They've done this before, but each NFT is priced quite high. 39,000 euros or 42,000 USD or a cool 62,000 AUD. We don't know exactly how many yet, but we're looking at about a couple of a couple of hundred apparently. So they're treasure trunks and they will be a soul bound token, meaning they're tied to the wallet of that NFT holder. Apparently you're going to get a key for these as well. Uh, and each trunk will come with a custom made physical twin. Um, a bit more on this too. Apparently um, Pharrell, who is working as some kind of designer uh, with Louis Vuitton, um, is, is involved here. So pretty cool. Watch out. NFTs. And I believe Soulbound, you can't resell. You can't resell. Stuck with it. I mean, you could resell the physical item, but that is, you know, is stuck with you. Well, why would you want that without the Soulbound? What's the point? Oh, I can't. I don't know. Maybe you would, but <laughs> many wouldn't, you know. I was wondering if, you know. If any of our thousands of listeners decide to buy one, please keep this updated. Yes, exactly. All right. What's up next, Craig David? A hacking group tracked as Pink Drainer is impersonating journalists in phishing attacks and they're compromising cryptocurrency wallets. So they've compromised around 1,932 victims and they've stolen just under $3 million of digital assets. So Mm. scary stuff. Serenade, who I've spoken about before, an Australian-founded collectible record store online are behind the limited additional digital pressing of Council Skies, which is the latest album from Noel Gallagher's band, The High Flying Birds. So the owner of these NFTs will be able to unlock high-quality rave files of the record and also two parts of the four-part documentary uh, tracking the making of the record, as well as some digital signed lyric sheets and a few other bits and pieces pieces, including um, coloured artworks and bits and pieces, which I think is really cool. And I bought my Muse stuff on Serenade and I didn't get anything quite as cool as that. So we're moving forward with the NFT space and um, there's a bit more to this story. Check it out. I'll probably put a link down below because this also comes into play whether or not the sales of this go towards the album chart uh, releases and you know how in the album charts people are racing to see who's at the top because at the moment I think this album's in a race with Foo Fighters on on the charts. So anyway, some interesting stuff there from Noel Gallagher. 
All right, up next, we have a pretty big development in the US um, as the government has filed against two Russian individuals in connection with an infamous hack of Mt. Gox. So Mt. Gox was the largest um, hack of a, a cryptocurrency exchange and was the biggest exchange at the time. Um, and the accused are facing charges of conspiring to launder a staggering amount of Bitcoins, uh, 647,000 Bitcoins to be exact, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and you know, a little bit, little bit of a throwback here. Um, as I understand it, you're the, the hackers of, um, Mt. Gox used to launder their bitcoins through, uh, Eastern European or Russian exchange called BTCE. Uh, and, ah. um, early on, um, in 2014, 2015 and, 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 uh, 2016, you could always, um, purchase bitcoins from the exchange uh, that were generally a little bit cheaper than everywhere else. Um, of course, you know, there was, mm. there was, uh, they were flooding the markets with bitcoins. If I had that many. I know someone who did that, Blake. You did? Was his name Blake? <laughs> 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 there you go. So you can't hide. They finally caught up with these Russians. That is a lot of bitcoins. That's How- a lot. Oh my gosh. That's a lot of, that's a lot of zeros, TP. That's a lot. It's too many zeros. We need the uh, comedian, the economist on here to tell us. It's, it's 16 billion. 16 billion. Billion. Yeah. Wow. And up next, we have Ethereum co-founder Vitalik Buterin um, has made a statement this week and he's proposed a roadmap um, with three transitions. So firstly, uh, layer two scaling um, that we've all heard about, uh, wallet, a security enhancement, and um, some privacy measures. measures. Um, so yeah, this is uh, the future of Ethereum and I think they're, they're doing a great job to, to build you know, the decentralized world of tomorrow. The Bank of China's banking arm, BOCI, have issued tokenized securities on Ethereum in Hong Kong. So this is the big deal because this is the first time a Chinese financial institution has issued tokenized securities on a public blockchain. So we've all heard about real world assets, which is real world assets on chain. Um, so the Bank of China are now offering this to their Hong Kong clients. So very interesting development. Wow, that is interesting. Still relatively small, $28 million. So pretty small, judging by the size of the market. But the Chinese are looking at crypto. They are. Chase. And you did mention it earlier. Um, you know, the, the winds of change are here. You know, the US is stamping hard and, and China and Hong Kong are back in the mix. And with that, the show is over for this week, folks. Who knows what we'll be reporting on next week. Anything could happen and anything does happen. That's why we love this crypto world that we're in. Thanks for joining us. If you've got anything you'd like to communicate with us, please hit us up at podcast at getbamboo.io. Join us in the Facebook community, Crypto Curious, and make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to us right now. Join us again next week. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. See you guys. See you guys. Crypto Curious is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Crypto Curious are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act of 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. 
do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Crypto Curious acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to the elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.